Willie, as you know, today's the big day. Everybody's been waiting for this all year long, except not really because of the pandemic. But sports ball is on. And we got to, uh, we got to see men in tights doing the thing. And they they caught them and they threw them. But let's not talk so much about that event. There was a more important thing happening at the same time. And what what is that, Scott? It's the advertising. It's it's those every year. <laughs> Those people that try to get you to spend your hard-earned... Stimulus check. That's right. That's what it is. It's it's our own tax money. Yes. Yeah. I think my favorite my, my favorite commercial was uh, that one with... Totinos. And just such a profound experience they brought. It was... Emotional, empathetic, and heartwarming. And, and I wouldn't have had it any other way. Yeah. Despite everything that's happened, you know, throughout the season, I thought that Anheuser-Busch really tried to like get people on a, a, a lighter mood, you know, bring bring people back to what will hopefully be our new normal so that they can go out and buy Anheuser-Busch once everything's, I guess, back to way, the way it was. Every year we have to endure car video after car video after car video, but the Michelin man really aligned with my heart around COVID and I'm happy they did. The best part about that commercial is when Dan Aykroyd drove a Ford Fiesta and did that hilarious thing that we're definitely going to be talking about at the water cooler if we were able to go into the office. Well said. Welcome to the front podcast of the internet. I'm your co-host Scott Garola and with me always is the other co-host Willie Matson. I don't have any special quips. This is uh this has been a different week. One that we got to deal with all of the the fallout from Wall Street bets. Are oh, you happy however, that it's over? I mean, yes, how how we the cookie crumbled, right? Not however, how the cookie did crumble. Everything kind of came back down to earth. It was supposed to go to the moon, but it like never left orbit and then like it's it's kind of just like sailing right now. It almost It was crashed. like a typical SpaceX launch. <laughs> current testing of spacex yes <laughs> lots of data gathered but lots of money lost so anyway it looks like it might might just the dust might settle right now and we don't have to talk about it so thankfully the first hundred posts of reddit this week were all wall street bets related again and uh get ready for part two of uh, no i'm just kidding there was lots of other yeah. stories that came through i'm getting my bootstraps ready we're diving in we are not going to talk about Wall Street bets anymore for the rest of this. Okay, I can't promise that, but allegedly we're going to try. We're going to try. We're going to try our best. All right, Willie, we're going to flip a coin to see who goes first this week because I've got two good stories and I have two adequate stories. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Scott, pick one. Heads. Flip a coin. It's heads. Ah, crap. I only say that because my first story of the week is kind of sad. Why do we have to start sad? All right, go for it. It's it's only sad because we have to celebrate the life of somebody who passed away. This week in r slash gaming, there's a post titled, The Voice Actor of Arngier, Oscar-winning actor Christopher Plummer, has passed away at the age of 91. Thank you for almost 10 years of epic shout training. Now, this character that they're referencing is from Skyrim, and Skyrim is much beloved on the Reddit, as you may or may not be aware of. And Christopher Plummer is a 
legend in the entertainment industry. Yes. Posted this. We posted this on our Instagram, and it's actually the number one post in terms of interactions and likes and stuff since we started our Instagram. It's crazy. I didn't Thank realize- you guys for engaging us in that conversation. We knew that that was going to be a place where it could be an outlet or a, a chance to build the conversation when we aren't doing this. So I uh, appreciate that. But enough about us. He's been in a ton of film. Yeah, I, I didn't realize how much the internet loved this guy. I only knew him from a few things, but he was never somebody who was like, on the forefront of my favorite actors or voiceover people. I just thought he was really good, but mm-hmm. he was actually amazing. What are some of the big ones? So in case people are listening and they don't know, by, m- mind you, you can watch this podcast now. We're on YouTube. It's There's a sub for that podcast where we'll have video form. We'll show some of the stuff that we're looking at. But his latest project was Knives Out. Right. Him, Chris Evans, a few others. Did you see that movie? I did. It was really good. He's in it for like 30 seconds, too. Just He's the old man great... that dies, right? Yeah, like right at the beginning. Spoilers, but mm. you know what? You should have seen it by now. Movie came out forever ago. Yeah, let's see here. 2020 was 10 years long. This this movie is 11 years old now. I mean, in, in quarantine time, it was forever ago because at the beginning of the quarantine, you had everything to watch. We're almost a year later. You should have nothing to watch. That's right. <laughs> Netflix queue should be empty. Uh, he was the voice of Charles Muntz in Up. I was going to say, he was in Up. He was in A Beautiful Mind, 12 Monkeys, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, Inside Man, National Treasure, and probably uh, what arguably is maybe his f- most famous role and the one that he least likes to talk about or least like to talk about, The Sound of Music. He was the dad, Captain Von Trapp. Why is that something he doesn't like to talk about? He was a very accomplished stage actor, and he he really liked that side of things. He didn't have the strongest love for musicals from the, some of the quotes and interviews that I sure. read. He was once asked if he was going to the Tonys one year, and he's like, I don't think so. It's, it's mostly musicals now, and not all of them are great. <laughs> well, good for you, you talented son of a bitch. Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> so long, farewell, feeder zane. Good night. night. Christopher Plummer, you were a legend, and I hope wherever you are now, you're better off. Thinking about old school and some of the the different ways in which content needed to be created back in the time, Christopher Plummer might have spoken about not really enjoying Sound of Music. Back in the day when Disney, back in their like their peak, I get maybe peak. The I, the nineties was their like peak cartoon, but like pre pre nineties cartoon. Like their original heyday with Cinderella, they had a team of artists that drew content a very specific way. There was a look to Disney cartoons. Oh, yeah. Everything, everything was hand-drawn. The hand-drawn animation studios, yeah. So this week in memes, there was this meme that said, well, it's pretty similar. And it says, me, you can copy my homework, but don't make it obvious. My friends... Now, Scott, you've likely seen this video, but I'm going to send it to you just in case. Oh, I thought you were going to say I've likely plagiarized because I have. What? I'm sorry, what? <laughs> <laughs> this meme, the top image is uh, an image of Winnie the Pooh and... Uh, Christopher boy. Robin? Sure, Christopher Robin. I don't think I've ever seen that film. Below it is Mowgli from The Jungle Book, the 1970s. That's when that came out, right? 
Jungle Book. I think I think that got pulled from the vault. We have Disney Plus. It's probably there for sure. Like you, I don't think it is. Really? I don't know. Find this out real time. Can you describe while I'm doing that? Can you describe for the audience what you're seeing? The meme is a two panel GIF meme where it's a over under. On the top, it says me. You can copy my homework, but don't make it obvious. And Christopher Robin is throwing a rock into what looks like a little river. And then below the GIF is my friend. And it is Mowgli picking up and throwing a rock (laughs) into what looks like a river. Or a waterfall. I just find this so fascinating. One, did you know that this was a stolen frame for frame reference of one film to the next? Is it really stolen if it's the same company? Maybe it's just kind of like lazy (laughs) animation. That's exactly what it was. By the way, The Jungle Book came out in 1967. When did Winnie the Pooh come out again? I can't believe you haven't seen Winnie the Pooh. Maybe it's just because I'm a little older, but I loved Winnie the Pooh. 2011. (laughs) (laughs) You got me. Disney Winnie the Pooh. It's right here on Disney Plus, 2011. (laughs) I don't know what to tell you, Scott. That's just the date that it came out. Time is time is a man-made construct. <laughs> Nothing matters. I don't know how to tell. I searched Winnie, and there are 5, 10, 15, 18 titles. Well, it's the one before 1977. You know Many me, Adventures of Winnie the Pooh, 1977. There you go. Maybe it was the same year. I said 67. This is 77. Oh. So, I'm sorry, but if we're going by meme standards, you stole from your friend, you lying son of a bitch. That's how they get you. They always make you think it was the friend, but it wasn't really the friend, Scott. It was you the whole time. How fucking dare you steal from me like that, you goddamn son of a bitch. The next time I catch you plagiarizing, I'm going to bring you right in. I'm going to kiss you on the lips. Oh, okay. Well, Valentine's Day (laughs) is right around the corner. No, but for this, I think we have to fail both students. You know, we just can't let them can't let them get away with this. If we, if we let them do it, all students are going to do it. And the next thing you know, everything's just going to look like some, some character picking up a rock and throwing it into who knows what. It'll be chaos, confusion. Wait, we maybe, can't let the mouse get away with this. <laughs> maybe we shouldn't disparage ourselves. But do you remember a time that you cheated on a test, got away with it? Oh, yeah. It was... Uh... <laughs> It left a, a very bad impression because I think I got away with it too. A middle school. Those are the best. Middle school. Somebody took a test, copied down all of the answers. And like, this was a super smart person. And they, they made little like tiny cheat sheets on a, a note, a little like tiny, I don't know what size, like four inch notebook thing. A fucking thing. They made it on a fucking thing. All right. Paper kids. People used to use it. <laughs> anyway. They wrote on it with a pencil, which is something you may not use either. So folded it. And then I did the kind of thing where you hide it under your sleeve. I had this, what must have been eight point font crib sheet. Like I would just do one of these things. Like I would have my hand, uh, palm down. And then I would kind of do like a, this thing (laughs) where I would twist my wrist and see the answers. Now I wasn't dumb enough to think that all right, if I do this, I'm not going to learn anything. So I actually like tried to answer everything in my head. And then afterwards, I went through and checked the answers. And there was even a couple that, that I think that I got right and the other person got wrong. Oh. So you're well, like, here's you the thing, fucking, Willie. Here's fucking, the thing. You got fucking idiot. We all got caught. 
And it was... <laughs> I'm remembering it now because I tried to bury the shame. But okay. it was it was definitely something where like the teacher called your parents to come into the school and explain the situation. And like, you failed. You fucking failed that test. And, you know, epic talking to from the teacher, epic talking to from your parents, just all around shame. And I grew up Catholic, so I knew exactly what shame was. I felt it. I don't think I ever cheated ever again. That did it for you, huh? I'm, I'm going to yeah. tell you about my most epic moment of, of cheating. I should probably feel remorseful for this. I don't. You don't? N- no, because I think I think the fact that I passed is more impressive when I tell you what I cheated on. It, okay. it was an accomplishment in and of itself. You know what? Just put it up on the wall. I'm, I'm proud of myself. So my least favorite subject in high school was psychology. I've got a great psychology story for another podcast. Cool. So I wanted to take as many AP classes as I could so that I could get AP exams done, get credit for it in college, and then focus on things that I wanted to do. Mind you, I'm, t- I'm telling you this. I graduated college with way more credits than I needed to graduate. So this doesn't invalidate anything. All right. I should probably cut all of this. But when it came to the AP psych exam, I didn't study. I didn't give Neither a shit I. about it. Neither did Throw I. away I, test. I also didn't take AP psych. So technically the truth. So I never read a question. Didn't even read it. I used all of my peripheral vision to look at the people on either side of me and the three people whose paper in front of me I could clearly see. Because in my high school, every classroom was uh, a normal classroom. Fit 20 people, we fit 30 because crowding in, in high school. And it was on normal levels. But this room, where the AP test was, was the only one that was auditorium seating. But it was where it like, had the wood row. So it was like a wood row oh, in front. yeah, yeah, yeah. Down a, a level, another row. And it, like, it was the only time I had ever been in that classroom in my high school was for this exam. And the moment I sat down, I was planning on failing this exam 100%. And then I was like, I can see their paper. These are the smartest kids in the class. One of them has worked for Google. Another one probably is in some sort of like legal realm right now. Okay, cool. We're going with this. There was no like written part of the exam. I don't remember. If there was, I BS'd my way through it. I passed that thing. (laughs) Like solidly passed that exam. I mean, technically, you just did an, a psychology experiment on yourself. What happens when a student who needs this for the, the rest of his life, potentially, doesn't study and in the spur of the moment decides to cheat off his much smarter brethren? And you found out that it works. And if American politics tell us anything, it was a good, good study, Willie, because we, we know cheating works. You're welcome, America. speaking of things you could cheat on but you probably don't want to this week in our next fucking level somebody posted that a picture of what looks like to be a piece of plastic with a, a plaque screwed on it except on that piece of plastic it happens to have the nasa and jpl logos on there so it's titled this black plaque is on the Mars rover, which lands on Mars in two weeks. And my name is on it. Wait, hold on. There's so much that I want to unpack here. One, I didn't know that we had another rover coming to Mars and was going to be there in two weeks. Yeah, we launched it uh, apparently a a while ago because 
Yeah. You can't just get there in a day. It takes not years, right? It doesn't take years to get there. Does it? No, I, I think it's a month or so. I'm probably way wrong on that. Either way, not enough fanfare for what this should be, right? I mean, we sent, we're sending rockets to Mars on a regular basis. Elon's crashing rockets in the desert so he can, we can go there on a, a weekly basis. And this person happens to be a Redditor, a person who worked on the next rover to hopefully touch down on Mars. Now, the, the plaque itself is kind of nondescript. It, it looks like it has some solar etching on it. And when somebody said, like, where is your name? There's, there's another part of the plaque that is covered in what looks like a, a really small piece of plastic. And there's three little boxes. And he said, me and everybody else who's worked on this, our names are printed ever so small on one of those little boxes. He said they're about the size of a fingernail. But this dude and something he worked on and something many other brilliant, hopefully never cheated on their AP psych tests, scientists Amen. are going to help us learn more about what will hopefully be the next planet we set foot on. I am so impressed that we are landing other things on other planets just just in general. Oh, yeah. But I'm really excited and I know so little about it, so I, I'm probably going to get this wrong, but... Aren't we going back to the moon? Absolutely. There's like a, a moon race right now for people to like put bases on there. Every uh, country that has some sort of- A base? Space, yeah. That has some sort of space capabilities. They want a base on the moon. That's, that's exciting. Given the opportunity, would you go to the moon? A younger me would have just said, yes, absolutely not thought twice about it. But older me is- a little bit more claustrophobic, a little bit more mindful of what I have to eat and drink to stay alive. Well, they feed you. You get to eat. Yeah, but you probably can't just have, like, KFC. Sorry. You probably can't just have Little Caesar's Pizza in order. I mean, that's you know, fair. You wouldn't want to bring Little Caesar's Pizza to the moon anyways. I would love, and I'm sure they would, too, to have Little Caesar's Pizza trash on the moon. It's just a constant advertising for the for the rest of its existence. But the longer answer is still yes. Yes, I would go to the moon. One of the sports ball games advertisements was saying that you can sign up, apparently, to do space tourism now? It sent you to a website or had you text to find out more. I'm, I'm assuming it's not cheap. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Anybody who doesn't tell you a price off the bat and says, hey, why don't you come here and I'll tell you the price? They're not cheap. Yeah, if you have to ask. Well, go fuck yourself. <laughs> there, uh, th This is interesting. I learned about the moon landing because of a YouTube series that I watch called Smarter Every Day. It's this guy named Destin. He lives in Georgia and lives right next to NASA. So he has a degree in all of these amazing mechanical engineering things. So right now he's doing this mini series on what it took in the 50s. 60s to that time to land on the moon but it was just fascinating like what it took for them to be able to land on the moon something for you to consider just go with me here for a second all right all right how does a pilot practice landing say a plane or a helicopter on earth very carefully okay that's that's the emotional response good they probably after going through sim different simulation they oh, will yes. probably get in the passenger seat of an aircraft 
and feel what it's like as a real pilot flies and lands. You need okay. some sort Following of like you. understanding of the mechanics of what's happening and the feel of it. Just like when you're driving a car, you need to understand what it feels like. You don't just get your license. You have to practice. Right, right. That same thing happens on the moon, except back when they went to the moon, insert decade here, they didn't know what it was going to feel like. So did you know that they had to design an aircraft to simulate what it was like to land on the moon? Oh, so wait a minute. This isn't the vomit comet? No, it's not the thing that spins around that gives that makes you feel the G-force. This is a flyable craft to allow these pilots to be able to land on the moon and feel it. Well, there is something called the Vomit Comet, which simulates weightlessness. So it's like a 747 where they fly up and then they like turn the engines off and just go into a free fall. Right. But that, that's the feel weightlessness, which they definitely studied. That's what they studied up in space. But when you're on the moon, there's gravity, but it's different. Right. So here's how they calculated it. It's super fascinating. They had this weird thing that was like an aircraft that could move like this. A gyroscope? Almost like a helicopter, right? It could land. Oh, okay up and down like a helicopter, didn't have propellers, but it had a big-ass fucking jet engine in the center on a gyroscope. Oh, yeah. So it pushed upwards at the exact amount of force to make it so that the way it felt coming down was exactly that of the moon. That sounds very dangerous. It is. And there's videos of Neil Armstrong in this thing weeks before the actual mission flying up, having it tilt too far, and then him having to eject her seat out. <gasps> I think I that was we... covered in the, the Apple TV show For All Mankind, wasn't was it? Was it? Oh, dude, it's so good. You should watch it. I, I will. But it's just fascinating to me that all of that work goes into that. I'm happy that there's people out there that do it because I know I, I was not for that life. The very first time somebody said there's math beyond geometry, I was like, what? And then you cheated off their... That's right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, speaking of people getting paid their due wages, I would hope that this astronaut or this scientist working for JPL, was yeah. that what you'd call him? Engineer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would hope that he gets paid, compensated well, because what he's working on is incredibly challenging. Or she or they. Was they, I saying they, he? I'm sorry. They. This week in Murdered by Words, there was a post as it relates to the $15 minimum wage. All right. I'm a fan. Okay, good. Got that opinion out there. Didn't have to ask that question. The title of the post says, peons don't deserve dignity. Well, I mean, if you're getting peed on, I guess it's hard. You don't have to pay me a dime. (laughs) (laughs) Just that's disgusting. (laughs) So this person writes and says, so a high school junior should make $15 per hour to which the person comments and says, yep, because wages are about the cost of labor, not your opinion about its value. If you get the kids labor, but he still can't feed himself, the taxpayers make up the difference, which means we subsidize your stinginess. We don't make laws based on what we assume a worker's life situation is. We have child labor laws that address the age at which someone can and should earn a wage. Once they are workers, they're under the same law. So, yeah, 
exploiting young people is kind of morally bankrupt anyways. So I want to say that, yes, I am a fan of the $15 an hour minimum wage. I'm also a fan of the 20 and $25 minimum wage. You know, I need to see some progress in my lifetime to know that we could possibly go to the next step. Because if you do the math, which I'm bad at, and I'm glad other people have done it, $15 an hour is a great minimum wage for 1995. Yes. So it's something that we've moved beyond. Uh, if we can just start somewhere, we can do more math and figure out that, hey, we just made it so that all these people can now afford rent from 20 years ago. Congratulations. There's uh, there's this interesting chart, and I don't know where exactly it is. I'm going to see if I can find it really quick here. <laughs> Thank I've you just for, seen it uh, so many times. Prepared. We talk about this all the time. We're fucking idiots. I'm never prepared for this show. Clearly, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about, but I mm-hmm. I have definitely, and if I can find it by the time this episode goes up, I will post the link in the show notes. There is a graph that shows what the actual minimum wage is, what that lowest level of pay is over time versus cost of living. And what you see is an incredible difference that cost of living has skyrocketed to the point oh. where it is unhealthy. Yes, I now know what you're talking about. I know that graph. I saw I saw it like a, a month or so ago, just very recently. Very recently. been in the news so much. And it, it's appalling that you and I, Scott, in our 30s, working really hard to, to make do, we are paying for our homes at what our parents paid at, at their lowest. If that makes any sense. So when our parents were not making a lot of money, we're, we're at their starter houses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here we are supposed to be established. If we're living that American dream, we're supposed to be at that point where we're like saving up for the second home, our third home, not owning all three, but like we're graduating from that starter home to that family home. That's what our parents did around this time or that oh, yeah. generation. We are nowhere near that. And most people that are millennials and younger are never going to get there. I know. It's it's just a crazy pipe dream. And I think about it every now and then. Just I'm doing all right. But if you look back and my parents at this in my at my age were already on their second home. They had a whole family pensions. Everything was set for them. The trajectory was on point by the time we get to the same exact spot we're now looking at no more pensions they just don't exist anymore they took them away and they replaced it with the 401k system imagine if your work would basically encourage you to stay there for your entire career promise to pay you after you retired for all your dedicated years of service just imagine imagine no i'm not gonna do it stop it no we've stolen too many songs this is on youtube now if you sing too (laughs) many songs cut just we're, we're cut out of that system. Google doesn't want us on there at all. So, yes, $15, just give it to them. I, I think there's that argument that if you if you were to do that, very small businesses wouldn't be able to thrive. Incorrect. Incorrect. Very small businesses need to figure out how to fucking work with the money they have to pay their people. And if you can't do that, I'm sorry, you don't deserve to be a business. If you can't figure out how to scale, you're not a business that can support itself let alone other people. So Correct. Fi- fucking figure it out. Yeah. Figure out a way to, to pay people for the time they earned. Yeah. We are all human beings at the end of the day. We have value. And 
I don't want to hear any complaints from businesses saying that they'll have to lay off those people. Okay, well, you never were valuing them in the first place. You were undervaluing them and you were taking advantage of them. So sucks to suck. I, I think the only question that I have for you is, speaking of business, how is GameStop actually doing? Did they get screwed over? Short answer, you know, after listening over last week's podcast, I think I had some more inconsistency. Sorry, bunch of bunch of dum-dums over here. The stock is currently at like 60 something dollars. After going all the way up to like 350, 400, it kissed that for a day and then it came back down. It was trading a year ago at $4. So, I mean, if you look at it as a whole, I believe they were able to wipe out something like $600 million in debt that they had. And no, wait, that was AMC. Sorry. GameStop has a good board of directors now. It'll be fine if they change their business model. There was, there was people talking about how they might become a place where you can take yourself or your kids to build a PC. And it'd be like Build-A-Bear, except it's Build-A-PC. So little, little things like that could really revolutionize it. And it sounds like Ryan Cohen is, uh, is going to try and put his money where his mouth is with them. And I think going forward, they're going to be all right. I, I think the thing maybe they could do, GameStop, is like other franchises right now, they could kill off maybe the board of directors that got them to go down and retcon in maybe a more lovable version that uh, people enjoyed in the past and they could they could bring it bring it back to today that that is one option you know and at some point maybe they can make some quick silver thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the podcast i'm scott garola this is willie manson if you want to get a hold of us outside of the show we're available all over the place number one you can watch the show on youtube or if you're watching us You can catch the show on all podcast platforms. But outside of that, Scott's on Instagram, repping repping the podcast at... Sub for that. We're also on Twitter at... Sub the number four, that... And Scott, you want to get a little personal. Send us pictures of your GameStop gains, all those tendies, to our email at... Subforthatpodcast at gmail.com. We also have some personal Twitters on there. And if you, uh, if you go and find them, s- send us a DM. Just remember, all you lovely lurkers, no matter what you're into, whether it's Cinema 4D, Ripple, F-150, or Dad Reflexes, there's a sub for that. that.